Hello and welcome to another episode of Real You Real Money. I'm so excited for you to be here and I'm equally as excited, possibly even more excited to tell you that the doors for plenty are now open. You can find out all the details in my show notes. But something you might not know about this podcast is we get a really similar amount of listens per episode, which tells me that we have this really beautiful, loyal community. And you are all people, as you're listening to this, who are so welcome in plenty. If you like what I'm saying here, it will absolutely be a good fit for you. So if you're interested in working with me in a much deeper way, in an ongoing community, you pay upfront for it or over a payment plan, and then you're in the community. We have weekly calls. I'm adding lives. There are workshops, all sorts of things, as well as the course content itself. I'd love to have you. I'd love to get to know you. If you would like to join us, and obviously you can just go to the show notes and do that, or if you'd rather, you can book a call with me, DM me on Instagram, and let's chat about it. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. I've got a treat for you today. I was pondering what I was going to do today, and I decided to do these five tips for doubling your income in 2023. Really excited by the idea, came up with my five tips, started to plan it. Oh my goodness, so much to say, so meaty. Basically, today's episode is a masterclass. And we're not going into the ins and outs. We're not going into the how, because I know you all run all sorts of different businesses. But these are really some things to bear in mind, things that are going to be traps, things that are going to hinder you or expand your ability to make the money that you want to make in 2023. So at the end of last year, I started to talk about this idea I'd had to double your income in 2023. And it is our theme for plenty this year. So for those of you that have joined recently, you will know this is what we're going into. You're all getting a pack with all the different different elements of things that I'm sure I'll be adding to throughout the year. If you're interested in joining plenty, the doors are open. You are very welcome to have a listen, see what you think by the end of this. You know we'd love to have you. So I started to talk about this idea. And I said in a previous podcast episode that it felt really stretchy when I had the idea and I'd been playing around a little bit with a similar sort, just with ideas of like income goals. Like what would it be like if we did a challenge? What would it be like to really like own the numbers that people want to get to? But it always concerned me a bit because I'm very careful not to get into offering income guarantees. That's not what we're doing here at all so my first reaction was kind of like oh I don't know I don't know if that's something I should do even though that the idea was like tapping me I always like to think of things like they sort of tap at you and it won't wouldn't go away and then I thought about what do I believe is possible for my community do I believe it's possible for them to double their income in the next 12 months and the answer is a definite absolute bloody lootly like of course it is of course it's possible more than possible it's available and yet this is where sometimes and I definitely think as a money coach I get myself tangled up in this stuff I was going to say from time to time often it's like do I hold back on what I know to be true what I know to be possible for my community in case it seems like I'm doing something shady or do I do my best to communicate the nuance and say, you know what, I bloody well believe you can do this. 
And of course, and we're going to go into some of this today, let's look at the things that get in our way. Let's look at why that doesn't happen sometimes. Because I absolutely believe it. If you're listening to this, I believe it's possible for you. And I do also believe we can do this with the nuance in place. Because this is all part of it, right? Making plans to double your income for some of you is incredibly vulnerable. And by the way, the way we're going to be tackling this in plenty is really people are going to come up with their own goals. Because if somebody's earned nothing before, and we've got some people starting out in business, then doubling your income is no good. Because as my children like to tell me, two times zero is still zero. They're very, they love that sum. <laughs> Equally, it might be that doubling income is a bit like, oh, that's not quite enough, actually. Like, I want to make more than that. That's fine. But making plans to double your income is vulnerable, right? For those of you that when you think of doubling your income, you're like, well, I've got somebody who made 40 grand last year. And so doubling their income is 80. And they are so proud, rightly, of that 40K that they made, that the idea to double it is like, oh, and actually, I hadn't thought about this, but this really feeds into one of the points I'm going to make. Because there's a like, but I've already surpassed my expectations by making 40K. Who do I think I am? Am I getting a bit above my, like, am I getting too big for my boots? Am I getting ideas above my station? All of that chat comes in. But we're going to talk about why those bigger goals really matter. Why, particularly when you're somebody who is understanding, unraveling, existing alongside conditioning that is there to keep you small. Why actually those bigger goals are often even more important. So, yes, making plans to double your income is vulnerable. But that's also part of my job. Part of my job is to be able to hold that belief with you. And if you're listening to this podcast, I hold that belief with you. I am sat here holding, believing, like really, really having that belief with you. I absolutely believe it's possible for you. You don't need to carry that on your own. And that's when it can be feel so vulnerable, right? Like, do I really think I could do this? Yeah, I think you do. I definitely do. I definitely think you can. I also believe that the majority of people listening are currently underestimating the amounts they can make. A lot of you are underpricing and you cannot possibly believe that it's possible for you to charge more, that people would ever pay that. But part of what we're going to be talking about today, and certainly for those of you that join Plenty, part of what we're going to be doing is expanding that capacity. By the way, when I say I suspect most people are also undercharging, I still think I'm undercharging. Now, some of you will look at some of my prices and be like, really, Ray? But yeah, if I compare myself to other coaches, there's definitely space for me. But also just knowing what feels good to me, I'm still on a journey there for sure. There's a lot of space. And, and this is the thing, I'm not an advocate for like, oh, quit, like that, therefore jump to that bigger price, unless it feels good, feels good, you go there. But for a lot of us, it's much more of a gentle tending to our nervous system as we expand what we believe is possible for ourselves bit by bit, rather than absolutely leaping. Even those of you that feel like you are expensive, quote unquote, 
I guarantee many of you are still undercharging. I remember starting to work with a client a while ago who told me, she was like, thing is, Ray, I absolutely can't up my prices because I'm already at the top end of my industry. Now, I straight away was like, I don't think you are. But that was her solid belief. She's since doubled her prices and is selling the stuff. And so even when we feel like we are so expensive, often that's a mindset something, that's a belief something that we can breathe air into and breathe some colour into that black and white way of thinking. And you know what? A lot of what is holding us back with this money stuff, what is the reason that we are, we hear things like double your income and we feel tentative, like, could I possibly, is that available to me? A lot of this is down to what you believe is possible for you. It is down to your self-concept. It is down to your relationship with your worth. Absolutely. But that's where a lot of the coaching industry finishes. They're just like, you need to believe better things for yourself. You need to believe, you need to have greater self-worth, all of that stuff. What they forget is the context. That this is a huge, this is not your fault. But damn it, it is your responsibility moment. Are you not earning enough money or as much money as you'd like to because of your beliefs about yourself? Probably, yes. Are those beliefs and thoughts about yourself your fault? Did you somehow cultivate them, grow them, knit them to yourself? In some ways, yes, but not through choice. Does the world believe some of those things about you too? Yes, it does. And that's very annoying. But it is it is the case. So to act like these are just made up, where did these even come from? You just made them up, you weirdo. Like, it's just nonsense. They make sense in the context of the soil that you have been grown in. So doubling your income in 2023 is the perfect way to take responsibility for those beliefs, those thoughts, your self-concept, to expand what you believe and become and what you then know is possible for you and to fly in the face of your conditioning. And I am here for it. Okay, number one, this is my first tip. Clear the air with money. I want you to have a sit down chat, an honest conversation with money. A deep chat. Look it in the eye and let it know where you're at with it how you're feeling. In my courses, we call this clearing the path. And we look at where we're holding on to money, where it needs to be going. So what that looks like, well, we look, we, we, we look at where we're holding on to money and where we're hiding from money. So where we're holding on to money looks like, and I don't think like from speaking to people in the group, this is something other people experience, not just me. But the way this shows up for me sometimes is I need to pay an invoice, but I, if I pay that invoice, so let's say I've got a thousand pounds in my business account for ease of maths, I need to pay an 800 pound invoice, but I know that's going to leave me with only 200 pounds in my account. So what I do or what people do is hold, hold off on paying the invoice until there's more money in the account, even though there is enough even though there is enough, because they don't believe, we don't believe that more money is coming. So we hold back, we hold back. And when we do that, we stifle the flow of money. When we do that, we subconsciously and somewhat consciously as well, 
tell that money, tell that experience that it is not enough, even though it is more than enough, mathematically. 1,000 is mathematically more than 800. So we have more than enough money, but it's not enough from our perspective. It's not what we deem to be enough. So that's what it looks like when we are holding on to money. It can also look like holding on to clients when you should really let them go, holding on to products when you should really let it go, things like that, all rooted in scarcity. And then there's hiding from money. This looks like not looking at your numbers, the amount of people I get on calls with, and this is not a judgment because I've been there. And I'm like, what did you earn last month? What do you make on an average month? What did you make last year? And they're like, I don't know. And that makes sense. You know, we're protecting ourselves with both of these behaviors. But one of the real clear things in having this like sit down chat with money, this clearing of the path is getting honest, saying I've been avoiding this with you. I've been hiding. So getting clear on your numbers. Looking tax in the eye. Some of you have gone, oh, my God, I'm going to turn off the podcast. (laughs) Knowing where your debt is at. And I really want to encourage you to be grateful for your debt. There's a podcast episode way, way, way back, one of the first ones where I talk about debt. And I have a very different perspective on on it than most people. I absolutely believe that debt is a privilege that is not afforded to everybody. That it is the way that a number of people who don't have access to family generational wealth are going to be able to start businesses. For some of you, your credit card debt reflects experiences in just wanting to get some dopamine. You know, I was, I had inheritance when my mum died 20 years ago. And a lot of that money went on, like I went to New York twice. I bought Stella McCartney shoes. I did all sorts of things that were not very sensible with that money. Part of me, although I constantly work on forgiving myself for this, regrets that because it would have been an investment. I didn't realize how much it was. It wasn't a huge, huge sum, but it was a, it was a, it was a chunk of money. But also I know with each spend covering friends when they couldn't afford things not getting a job when I was at uni because it 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 bolstered my income with each spend I was trying to make myself feel better and I can't look at that grieving 20 year old and beat her up about that I get it I get why she did that so some of you will be like but I invested in things I did this I did that others of you might look at it and go oh but it's not such a righteous these were not righteous purchases. These were for me to feel good. And maybe you listen to that story and go, but very nobody died. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These were these these moments have now passed. If we rem- the more shame we can remove from debt, the better. And the more likely you are to pay it off as well. So looking that stuff in the eye. One of the things I did when I first started my business was I wrote on this wall, not on the wall, piece of paper on the wall. I wrote on the wall next to me as I'm recording this, I wrote up all the debt we were in because I kept hiding from it. And I don't know if you find this, but the numbers would morph and change. And I was like, oh, how much even is it? And it would get worse. And sometimes I'd think it was better. Just having it up there just neutralized it. Just made it a thing. Just something that that existed. No big deal. So this clearing the path, this first step, it's all about honest communication. It's about a clean exchange It's about clearing the way for that energy, that money to flow so that you are not in a place of resisting, hiding when it comes to money. It's a clear path for it to 
come into. Okay, that's number one. Number two is loosening up your relationship with goals. One of the main mistakes people make is attaching their worth to goals. So goals are all about who you become on the way. They're about the things you figure out. They're about the layers of yourself you uncover. They are about the confidence you build and the evidence you gather. They're about stretching you out of what you've been conditioned to believe is available to you. They are not really about hitting the goal. And so it's a weird thing to suggest you make a goal, right? Like, why am I doing that? But one of the main reasons is because you have been conditioned to believe that only so much is available to you. And when you start to stretch that, you start to experience life outside of that conditioning. When it comes to these goals, so one of the things that I hear a lot is like, oh, Ray, I don't like to make goals because I really beat myself up when I don't get them right. So I do think it's important to just do these things however feels good for you. For some people, they're going to feel so excited by that number. It's going to be like a game. And for other people, it's going to be like, okay, here's my goal. Put that to the side. What am I doing? The, the doing of the things is more exciting. But I do think that some of this relationship with goals where it's very do or die, like if you haven't done it, you've just completely failed. I think a lot of that is rooted for many of us in diet culture. This is my theory, because I certainly grew up where I always had this goal weight in mind. I still know exactly what it would be. And we never hit it. I've never hit that goal weight that I was given age 12 at Weight Watchers classy guys because and I never hit that and every single time I would just feel terrible about myself every single time that date passed where it didn't actually happen because surprise the diet industry was not created for you to quote unquote win that's how it keeps going in fact there's evidence to say that people statistically don't hit those goals and even when they do they don't maintain them so we either don't hit the goal, which is will be most people's experience, or we hit it, and yet we're still us. We haven't changed. We're not a different person. Although I've heard so many people talk about how they actually were treated like a different person. And that they and they found themselves almost wanting to advocate for the fatter them. Be like, I'm still, I was worthwhile then. I'm still, you know. I was funny then, I was attractive then, but they struggle with being treated like a different person because they know they're not. But I really do think that kind of goal setting, we've got the, the diet paradigm of goal setting and we've got the, and they're very closely related, the kind of new year willpower way of setting goals. Really, really recommend Immunity to Change, a book, I can't remember who it's by, but we'll put it in the show notes. And also the podcast episode on Brené Brown's podcast, Dare to Lead, I think it's on, where they talk about immunity to change. Super interesting model of how to look at why certain things aren't changing for you. So attaching your self-worth to your goal never goes well. It won't be a linear journey. I have no expectation that the people in plenty, as we pursue this, as we make this our theme, as we like, you know, work on it, are going to have linear journeys. And I am making sure that they do not have that expectation either. 
because when we expect it to be linear, we give up quickly when it isn't. And I think that was what is one of the many issues in the diet industry. Many issues. <laughs> is that you just keep keep going, keep losing weight. There's no caveat for any of it. Like for, for the fact that, you know, your body changes within the month. So when you're, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into it because it's just nonsense. But you know what I mean? So when we attach meaning to our goal or when we are or where we are in relation to that goal, you know, for example, it's very easy to go, oh, but I need to be, if I'm going to make this much money in the year, I need to be here by February. I need to be here by March. And if not, I'm failing. No. Something, maybe I'm going to start sneaking this into every podcast episode. Something I want you to know is that in any given month, you can make your whole income for that month in one day. No matter what your business is, that is possible. That could happen. Some of you might have to tweak like availability stuff and things like that. But in theory, that could happen. And yet we are constantly telling ourselves, oh, it's not good enough that I didn't, I'm not there yet. I can't do that. Like giving away our power. Again, we've been conditioned to do that. But a lot of this is about acting against your conditioning. We make it so much harder for ourselves when we put all of these conditions on it. And we are so much more likely to actually achieve the thing when we expect there to be an up and down. That, by the way, is true for the entirety of your business. You are not going to arrive at being done. Oh, look, now I've done business and I win. That doesn't happen. Instead, the real goal is working through, understanding, clearing, learning skills that allow us to reach the goal. None of it's wasted. I have had years where all I've learned is what's not, what not to do. That is not a waste. That serves me if I'm willing to listen. It serves me in the next year and the year after that and the year after that. Achieving the number is not the thing. So no one's going to fail this in plenty. There's going to be no like, oh, I didn't achieve it. In some ways, getting to the number is the least interesting thing. I'm somebody who's fascinated by humans and I'm thrilled, thrilled when you all make money. I like I'm beyond excited by it, but I am far more moved by people's understanding of themselves expanding because hitting a goal is a one-off event it happens and then it's gone and it's important I'm going to talk about this in a minute it's important to receive that but it's nowhere near as juicy and delicious and wonderful as a oh, I understand more about who I am I understand more about what's available to me that is the shit. That is what we're looking for. So like I said, why set a goal in the first place? Because it's going to lift you out of what you've been conditioned to settle for. Acting against your conditioning is more often than not messy. It's exhilarating, definitely. And exciting, absolutely. But if you want to prompt those self-doubt voices and behaviours into action, act in opposition to, dream bigger than, expect more than your conditioning has dictated to you. That's those voices, those thoughts, 
those behaviors are gonna flood (laughs) and I'm laughing but it's not funny it's horrible (laughs) but they are they're gonna just show up because they what they're like whoa what are you doing stop 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 this feels dangerous this feels new subconscious brain not very happy with this idea it's gonna flood you because it wants you to stop as you learn to observe those thoughts and go oh hi brain I was expecting you and I want you to know the further you on you get with your like your self-development the self-awareness stuff the more kind of versed you are in that stuff coaches and therapists hear me (laughs) the more sneaky it gets the more it kind of makes sense and you're like yeah but this is different I think this is true it's not true so number two loosening your relationship with goals expect your brain to have shit to say that does not mean you are not doing it right expect it not to be linear that does not mean you're not doing it right not hitting the number does not mean you're not doing it right all right number three learn to receive we think we are not making money because we need to give more trust me that is not it. That is not it. We think it's that we need to do like the, the probably the main objection when I say to somebody like, how would it feel to double your income? What would it be like to make more money? A lot of it's like, I just can't see how I can do more. That's nearly always the answer. Sometimes they're like, yeah, let's go for it. But often if there's going to be an objection, It's like, "Mm, I just don't see how I can, there's not more hours in the day. I'd have to give more. I'd have to do more. I'd have to be more. That none of that's the issue. The issue with your money making is not that you are not doing enough. It's not that you are not enough. And it's not that you need to be more. Trust me. (laughs) One of the biggest skills in making money is learning to expand your capacity to receive. That's the issue. One of the biggest skills of money making is expanding your capacity to experience being invested in, being trusted, and being valued. Here's what I want you to know. You are trustworthy. You can trust yourself to receive large amounts of money. You are someone people want to invest in. Stop questioning them. Stop caveating so that it doesn't count. They want to stop making it hard for them. They want to invest in you. Let them receive it. And you are valuable. What you offer is valuable and unique to you. No one can do it the way you do it. And for some people, they can't hear it. They, They won't love it as much. They won't desire it unless it comes from you. When we have wobbly beliefs beliefs in these areas, in these spaces, it can lead us to reject the money that's available to us. Oh, I can't take that. I can't be trusted with it. I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm not good enough. I can't charge that amount. I can't be, and it's not that we think we're going to like somehow steal the money or do something bad. Although having spoken about taxes and stuff, that can be a thing. If we don't trust ourselves to pay the taxes, if we don't trust ourselves to manage our money, that can be part of 
why we reject that money. That's all part of expanding your capacity to receive. Paying your taxes is about expanding your capacity to receive because you're making space for more money. You're showing that money that you are not scared of bigger and bigger tax bills. You know you've got that covered. You can receive those just like you can receive the money that will pay them. And let me be clear, we do all of this rejecting of money in the name of safety. Sometimes people will say to me, like, it's so stupid that I am getting in my own way in this way. And you know straight away, all my coachy bits are like, no. <laughs> and I answer much more gently than that. But I want to be like, you're not stupid. You are not stupid. It makes so much sense. Because your brain is reading, receiving money, receiving trust, receiving investment, being valued as risk. Of course it rejects it. You have not been conditioned to receive. Not one bit. I really encourage you all to read Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. I hope I'm saying their surname right. But they quote another, I think she's a feminist philosopher, Kate Mann, and talk about the real risks of women having desires, having needs, having wants. All of that is linked into how we receive. Women traditionally deliver food to the table. They give their care for free. Where in our conditioning do we receive? Tell me. Someone DM me now because I haven't found it. This is new to us. And I think one of the really important things that I wanted to say as well is that many of us, so the business kind of, if you listen to my episode, podcast episode, a few podcasts back with Megan Macedo, she talks about the business paradigm being a war paradigm. And I think it's fascinating the way she talks about it. But if we think about business as that, this and, and also in the capitalist sense of like, it's take, 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 right? Like that's the idea behind business that we are. And you hear people say, oh, I don't want to take their money. And I think there's a reason many of us feel so, we feel kind of like there's nowhere to put our feet. Because in one sense, we're looking at this war paradigm business that feels very, very much about maneuvers and about attacks and all of that sort of thing. And we we don't want that. One, because we've not been conditioned to behave that way. Not all of that condition, that, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Two, because we've been harmed by that sort of thinking in the past. And at the same time, we also haven't been conditioned to receive anything. So we want to do business in this generous, reciprocal, restorative way. That involves a lot of receiving. It means rest. It means trust. It means pricing yourself with your needs in mind, not with everybody else's in mind. And so in one sense, we've got this deep feeling of I don't want to do that. And in the other side is something that's so opposite to that, that we don't trust ourselves in that space because it feels so new we don't have the neurological pathways for it we have the neurological pathways for the war paradigm which we understandably our whole body rejects so this expanding your capacity to receive is incredibly powerful 
It's going to allow that, that new way of doing business that so many of you long for, that so many of you know that when you're able to step into that, you're going to be able to own business in a different way. That lies in you expanding your capacity to receive. Without that, that's not coming. It's part of your decolonizing yourself. It's part of unraveling capitalism and patriarchy and all of those things. So a quick tip on how to expand your capacity to receive. Allow, I want you to do this for the next week, but I'd love for you to make it a proper habit. But for the next week, really be like, right, this is what I'm doing. Allow every single achievement, win, sale, bit of money to count. Every compliment, every opportunity, appreciate it, welcome it, celebrate it, take a moment for it. Ground yourself in all the good that already exists and anticipate that more is coming your way. Number four, imperfect action over and over and over again. In December, I decided to sell my one-to-ones in a way that in six years, seven years of running my business, I never have before. And it was super interesting because And this is what I'm saying, actually, about the way in which we can get really sneaky. Our protective brain can get more and more sneaky as we get more kind of attuned and literate in our own um, understanding of our emotions and stuff. Because I hadn't realized this at all. I hadn't realized that I had a whole story about the way I sold my one to ones versus my group courses. So if I'm selling a group course or a coaching program like Plenty. I'm going to email you all a lot. I'm going to mention it a lot. I'm going to do some kind of event for it. I'm going to be there showing up, doing it, doing it, doing it. And I pretty much now don't worry. I still have to like work through it a bit, but mostly I'm not worried if you feel like I'm spamming you, like just unsubscribe. The way people act like, you know, they don't have control over their inbox. You do just unsubscribe. That's fine. You don't have to be in my world. I don't mind that. So (laughs) when I'm selling something like that, doesn't bother me. For some reason, I have never sold one-to-one that way. Why not? My belief had been that one-to-ones had to come to me. And funny enough, it always felt very out of my control because I was like, well, they just come to me. But also I had the belief that they had to do that. Don't ask me why. So I decided in December to just post a ton about my one-to-ones. I do think there is a little bit of an element of this kind of a And I've had clients say this to me and I can't say I fully feel like this, but I did see shades of it in my thinking, which is this kind of belief that you should be fully booked. So if you are and and if you're going to talk about one to one, you should get booked up quickly. So if you're selling it and selling it and selling it, I think there's a feeling of everybody knows there were only a few places and they haven't gone. And so I think that might be partly why that happens. But what I noticed was often I would get to the end of the day, I was like, oh, I haven't posted anything with a call to action, a a mention of the one to one. And my brain would go, right, it's too late. You shouldn't post anything now. I posted. I would think I shouldn't send another email. It's a bit late in the day. You can see a theme in December. I posted. Similarly, I would think, oh, I need to put it in stories. But everyone who would want it would have seen it by now. I posted anyway. Each and every time. I posted anyway. 
I DM'd people, I chatted to people in my in my DMs, sent them voice notes, all of that stuff. And that is all part of expanding your capacity to receive, by the way. Selling is asking to receive. That's why so many people find it so hard. Because you are not only receiving quietly in the hope no one's noticed, you are brazenly asking to receive. You get to receive when what you give is not perfect. I really want you to know that. Because receiving is your human right. I understand that for each and every one of you, the world does not always see it that way. It is absolutely my belief that despite the world being very unfair in this, it is still your right. It's also my belief that you will find corners of the world, corners of the internet, where they will be absolutely joyous that you are receiving. What you receive is not dependent on your output. That is a patriarchal capitalist lie. When we ask to receive and we do it imperfectly, when our selling, when our output, when our content, whatever it is, isn't perfect, our conditioning's like, what? <laughs> it's like spinning on its axis, just like, um, I don't understand. And that's why, again, we'll often get all those moments of self-doubt. And lastly, community and support. I'm never going to stop banging on about the importance of community and support when it comes to rewriting your money stories. If we look back to number two, which was loosening our relationship with goals, imagine how much easier that would be when something doesn't work and you're experiencing that with other people going through the same, where somebody else has shared a setback they've had, where the group has given them their thoughts and their suggestions or where they've just listened and really held space for that wobble that concern that that person is having community is so so powerful when we are elevating our expectations and busting out of our conditioning conditioning works the way it works because we look around us ourselves all the time every day we're checking that what we see and hear confirms what we've been taught and what we believe, what it confirms our inherited biases. Community is a key component in rewriting those stories because then you look around and go, huh, I'm seeing something different. I'm seeing people making this money. I'm seeing people hitting blocks. And I don't mean money blocks. I mean, literal like, oh, that thing didn't sell the way I wanted. What am I not doing here? What, how can I change this up? And I'm seeing them respond in ways that aren't ways that I'd considered before. Where I might hide, they're pushing forward. What would happen if I did that? They seem to be able to cope with that. Can I cope with that? Maybe it's not as scary as I thought it was. Because there's a sense of in, that we're all in it together, which we are. So yeah. Community is a key component in rewriting those stories. Getting the insights and the reflections of a community is so, so powerful, so transformative. I'm going to be bold and say so necessary. You built these beliefs in community. That's how that happened. Not in a community like Plenty, but in society, in the world, via the media. You didn't build these beliefs in a bubble on your own. So it makes sense that rewriting these beliefs happens most powerfully 
in community. And very um, differently to society, this is a community that allows it all in. So you want to find yourself a community that is going to let you celebrate and is going to let you come in full of doubt, full of fear, with questions, with all sorts of stuff that makes space for all of you. Because like I said, your wins are amazing. I, and don't get me wrong, like, I am thrilled, thrilled to hear about anybody making more money, apart from, you know, the billionaires. But in, we are here for all of you. We're here for the whole journey. What I really live for, like I said earlier, is the moment something drops from your head into your soul and you understand more about who you are and what is available for you. But as a community, and me as well, I'm part of that community. We're here for the wobbles, the doubts, the questions, and the wins, the whole shebang, the whole shebang. All right, so I hope that's been helpful. I hope you're excited to double your income in 2023. In plenty, if you're ready to join, we'd love to have you. You also get the unraveling stuff. You also get the how to build positivity, like a positive relationship. I think I call it, try and call it a powerful relationship. I think positivity is a little bit too, what's the word? One dimensional, but how to build that powerful relationship with money. So that it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all not enoughness. It's plenty. It's plentiness. How to build that plentiful relationship with money. And so much more. You get the course, which you can do in your own time. Coaching calls twice a month. Co-working every week where we work on doubling your income. And lives from me once a week as well. As well as the Facebook group to be posting in and getting support in. It is a genuinely wonderful place that I adore being part of and I can't believe I get to be the one that created it it's kind of a bit mind-blowing all right thank you so much for listening I'll see you next time <laughs>